Hello and welcome to another edition of S'mores by Fireside. As always, you can learn more about our services for small businesses at meetfireside.com. You can click on the S'mores tab and watch all these episodes in video form or you can download us wherever you like to get your podcast from. Today is a little bit unusual. Back in December of last year, I went to uh, Morocco for five or six days to tour around the country and to uh, get to know the place and the people. And I was very lucky to go to a town called Fez, where I met a tour guide called Zahi, and I've asked him to join us today. And we're going to talk a little bit about business in Morocco and how he got started. And I think you'll be surprised that a lot of the challenges he will talk about are probably very similar to a lot of those that you face in your own businesses. Zahi, welcome. I'm delighted you agreed to uh, to do this. I'm very happy to have you. Thank you very much. You're welcome also. Um, so you and I met in December um, of last year when, uh, when I was yes. in Morocco. And what I found interesting was I've used Airbnb extensively as a um, as a traveler, and we're fortunate enough to have a place that we list on there as a host. You were my first experience of trying the Airbnb experiences, and so would I be right in saying that your your tour business in Fez um, you use Airbnb quite a lot for finding your customers? Yes, of course. So uh, before Airbnb, we work with uh, with touristic transport with the travel agency. You know, uh, but uh, when Airbnb began in Morocco, of course, it began very late, not like early, like what's happened in States or in other country, in Germany, in Canada. So uh, I was the first one who began Airbnb in Fes. And even in Morocco, it began firstly in Marrakesh. Because like, you know, Morocco, Marrakesh is the first touristic city in Morocco. It's very famous in all the world. Uh, and um, I was the first one who began Airbnb experience in uh, in Fes, of course. That's interesting. And so you do, if I remember correctly, two walking door, uh, two walking tours most days. Is that correct? Yes, I have okay. two uh, walking tours, so uh, four hours. Um, so generally, we begin at nine or nine thirty to one or one thirty, and I have one hours break, like you know prior or to eat something, coffee or anything. And then from uh, 2.30 to 6.30. Of course, it depends sometimes like when you have like old people with you. So uh, the, the work, walk, walking rhythm, it's not the same like when, when you have like young people. And, uh, and of course, it depends of, in terms of anyone. Right. right. Um, any idea how many miles you walk in a week? Um... Sorry? How many miles do you think you walk in a week doing your uh, two tours a day? Uh, oh, so so I, we, uh, I, we can make by kilometers. I don't know about oh, miles. Okay, kilometers but, is great. But it's uh, 12 kilometers by day. Okay. So that's... we can speak about uh, 60 kilometers mm-hmm. a week or more. Because sometimes we work Sunday, Saturday. So. Right. Excellent. Um the if I'm correct, this the town is it is it town or city? What is it officially? City of Fez, correct? City. City. Yeah. So the city of Fez today, is it fair to say it's nearly entirely an economy based on tourism? Uh, so Fez, the economy of Fez, it's based firstly in artisanal. Like we speak about copper, leather, like um traditional clothes, uh, ceramic. Uh, Fez, it's the uh, uh, artisanal uh, capital of Morocco. 
So this is the, the, the basic economy. And after that, we have the, the tourism, of course. We have some other uh, companies and factories, uh, but not inside the old Medina. It's outside the old Medina. But everything inside the Medina is very old. It's handmade. Right. And the Medina, the, uh, the market for anyone who hasn't had a chance to go, I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, it, it is one of the... Uh, more unusual places I think I've ever seen. It's a it's a twisted maze of small streets with a lot of people, a lot of amazing and different smells and sights that a lot of people may never have seen before. The twisted maze that was a defense strategy, correct? Yes. So at first, it's one of the oldest city in all the world. So we speak about a city with more than one thousand two hundred years, and also with more than nine thousand small streets. And uh, uh, and before, like you know, it's not just in Fez, but in all the old cities in the old world. The first important thing to think in making before building any city, it was protection or defense. Mm-hmm. So it's for that you find, like in the old Medina Fez, we have two main streets, like we call it Talha, like the uh, going up. Okay, and after that, we have like smallest street. And of course, if you uh, don't burn there, if you don't live there, you cannot find a way. Because like, it's built to be amazed. Yes, after I left you and your uh, tour, I, uh, I definitely had to give uh, some coins to a, a child that I found in the market to help me find my yes. account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Always it's the same. Um, when you and I met, we were talking about the economics of, of fairs you have a a very different background before you got into the tourist industry correct yes of course so so i have two diplomas so my first diploma is like a spanish language and and story and language i have a bachelor in spanish language and story and also i have a, a it manager a information technology manager and i work like six years in a hospital so i was responsible for the uh, biomedical technology, like for um, uh, drug management, cardiology system management, reanimation, and all these things. And then after that, I changed the career to be an official tour guide. That's great. Now, you say official tour guide. In Morocco, do you have to register if you want to do that as a business? Yes, of course. If not, you are a false tour guide. So uh, we have like an exam. Uh, that happened every 10 or 11 years. So the last one, it was in 2007. Wow. Yes. And in this exam, you pass a pre-selection after you have a writing exam and after an interview with uh, some professor. And if you pass all these things, then you can get your uh, license and you can be an official tour guide. Of course, we have two types of uh, tour guides. We have like a natural spaces and mountains tour guide, and we have like a cities tour guide. And so you said the last one was 2007. That's because they didn't need any more, so they didn't do another exam? Yes, of course. So like the, the government make exams uh, following the number of tourists that we have in Morocco. So always when they say that we have like more tourists, that means that we need more tour guides. And then a, they open. What a fascinating and very sensible way to, uh, to do it. <laughs> you know, 
Sorry? So when you, when you uh, got your license, um, you said initially you went to go work with some of the tour guides and transportation companies. Yeah. Um, so before Airbnb, that was what you had to do. Was, was it easy because you were official or did you have to go out and find your own contracts and people who would refer you? Uh, so it's it's not it's not easy, you know. Like um, because be a tour guide, be a good tour guide is not easy. And like when some companies, the travel agency, they have to risk, of course, everything. They, they want like to make everything good. So they need a good tour guide to do that. So if they don't know you, they cannot get you a work. So always the work, it's like you know someone, and this one recommends someone to you. And you get more uh, job every day. Right. So and a it's, common. It's, it's, yeah, sorry. So a common thing that we see around the world, for instance, is a concierge working at a hotel may very well refer their guests to tour guides, to taxi drivers, to trips, and so on. And the concierge then usually gets a, a tip or something from the the person they refer to. When you were getting your business from building those relationships, was that part of your business that when people referred you these tourists, you would then go share that revenue with them? No, no. For a tour guide, no. Because, uh, you know, like with this system of hotels, always we have reviews. So, uh, like for, for the managers of the hotels, always there are following the reviews. You know, like we have booking.com and different websites. So if you have a, a good reviews, you can have always clients. But if if you work with this method, with like uh, I don't know receptionists or any other things, maybe you can you can give work for the tour guide to give him more money, right? You know, and and, and that uh, doesn't mean that if he's a good tour guide or not. So always we work. It's for that I I didn't work a lot with hotels. Like with my part. So I work more with touristic transport and travel agency. And when Airbnb begin, of course, uh, I use just Airbnb. Oh, interesting. So now it's just Airbnb. So you said earlier you were the first person, the first tour guide uh, to, uh, to do the walking tour with Airbnb experiences. Yeah. Um, how quickly did that grow for you as a source of customers? Was it instantly and then you were busy? Uh, so uh, it's not instantly, of course. Uh, I remember my first client, he was uh, Max from New York. So I make the tours with him alone. So, you know, we are just uh, uh, us in the tours. And the next day, it was two uh, uh, Japanese girls. And after I began to work, but that just one month, I remember my first uh, uh, 10 person in a tour. In a tours. So it was just one month after that. And of course, when you get like a, a lot of five stars reviews, always you have more, more clients. And even, even when, when other tour guys begin to use Airbnbs, I still have my, my clients because I arrived at 200, 300 uh, reviews. Now, uh, now I'm in 717 reviews. I saw that this morning. That's amazing. You had another 30 or 40 since, uh, since I met you just a few months ago. Do you use any other platform or do tour guides in, in Morocco use any other platform for this other than Airbnb? No, 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 no okay. just Airbnb. I don't have times, you know, 
So for right. me, for me, for me, Airbnb, it's a good business. You know, I I work with uh, with a good salary, with a good price, and uh, I try to make the maximum. Try to make like a good tools, like 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 you say. And uh, for others, if you like like to make other platforms, you cannot work. So some I have in the high season, I have work uh, uh, every days. So every day is two tours. So yeah. in the low season, I like to work. I have just one one tours, but I like to relax in the afternoon. That's great. So for me, um, <laughs> uh, when you and I met, we talked a little bit about how we talked a little bit about the rent in Fez and we talked about what some careers, the occupations that would be very high earning in, in, uh, in America and in, in most of Europe, doctors' salaries, for instance. And it sounded to me from what I learned from you that those traditional occupations, they are almost, Fez is almost too expensive for them. And something like switching from your IT background to tourism really was put you in a much better position than some of those traditional occupations. Yes, of course. Like uh, uh, FES, it's not like an industrial city. So we don't have a lot of companies. We don't have like, a, like it's not like Mar- uh, Casablanca, mm-hmm. for example. So like when I work like IT, I have $700 for a month. But when I work now in tourism, with Airbnb, sometimes I can have, like, if I make two, two uh, tours by day, so I can have 400 or $350 by a day. Right. So $700 a month as a NIP, and then $350, $400 on a good day doing tours. A good day. Wow. It's like, like, in the high season, like, uh, like, you know, in December, in April, March, um, uh, November, sometimes in November. So uh, you can arrive at $4,000, $5,000 for a yeah. month. So here, like in Morocco, like we speak about uh, 50,000 dirhams. So like a uh, minister salary. Right. Oh, now that, that's interesting though. So your ministers, your officials, um, they, uh, they're paid very well then in Morocco. Yes. Interesting. Okay. In, uh, that's an interesting comparison. You know, I know more about actually the, the British system on that and it's, it's modest. It's, it's good money, but it's, it's modest. It certainly wouldn't be 10 times or five times some of the occupations that we talked about, such as, as doctors. Remind me the, uh, the doctor's salaries in, uh, in Morocco there. So the doctor's salaries is depend if you are a, a normal doctor's, internal doctor's, or a specialist. So like internal doctors, we speak about $300. Like specialists, we speak about $800. And of course, it's depend of area. So you find the differences like um, 700, 800, 850, sometimes 900. Uh, and but of course, when you you have more uh, experience, like when you work more years, you are growing in the salary. But it's not like in the private uh, uh, private uh, sector. People who are working like a private or like have a private office here in Morocco. Yeah, interesting. Um, obviously, whilst we're talking, we're still in the COVID nineteen Corona pandemic, and of course uh, that is affecting 
businesses all around the world and especially travel and, and tourism. What has been Morocco's approach to dealing with um, Corona? Uh, like uh, in Morocco, we have, we make three five, like we have the uh, national office, like I can, I try to make the translation, CNSS. It's like um, the national office, the helping people who are the uh, have inscription in the national uh, office with $200 for a month. And for people who uh, doesn't have inscription, they give him $80 for a month. 18. 80. 80, okay. Can, uh, so can somebody survive okay on, on 80 in comparison to some of the numbers you talked about? It doesn't sound a lot. Yes, and so, so like if you speak about food, the food here in Morocco is very cheap. We our first economist, the agriculture, like you know. So he can survive, of course. He's not a lot, but he can survive. Okay, well that's that's good to see. And that was that was a quick policy at the beginning, or did it take the CNSS a, a long time to get organized with that? No, no, it it, it was very quick. It was very, very quick because the CNSS, uh, CNSS they have uh, our uh, bank account, they have everything about us, you know, so they send it directly without any problems. So there is, uh, you, you, you should make some, like, enter some light data in the uh, uh, web page, but directly you have, like, the money in your account. That's amazing. I think lots of people in many other countries wish it had been that, uh, that easy and that simple for them. Do you, working in something like the tourist industry, which clearly will have been affected in one of the most ways, um, do they have any different programs to support you? Uh, or is it a blanket policy and it doesn't matter what industry you work in? Honestly, I know with the... The government, they don't have like a clear idea about how to support the tour guides, how to to, to support like uh, all the people working in, in tourism. They don't have a clear idea about it. Okay, uh, we have like, because we have a, a association for, for tour guides, National Association for Tour Guides in Morocco. So they're trying to communicate with the ministry, like to find some solution. Because like, you know, not all the tour guides, they work in every day. It's not the tour guides, they have the same financial levels right yeah okay um and what did morocco do to uh tackle corona you had a very early lockdown correct yes the lockdown everything uh no one has the right to work uh, at 6 p.m and uh, like a to do we have like a, a, a license you work in just for drugs or food and you don't have the right to travel, of course, outside this city, so just in your city. And they make like uh, the sensibilization in television, in in all the social media, in in every in everything, in every place. They make sensibilization. Of course, you find police and military everywhere. Hmm. So, the pandemic started. You came to March. Morocco closed all the airports for incoming flights? Yeah, not just flights, but also for ship and boats. 
So okay. the block the borders between us and Spain because we have just 14, uh, 14 kilometers. So, and you know, we have a lot of, of people traveling from Spain by, by, by boat, by jet, and of course the flight. Right. And so the lockdown happened and now though, so 6 p.m., you're not allowed to walk around outside of your home um, and you're not allowed to leave your own street unless you're an essential worker? Yes. So you can, you can live just in some condition, okay? And this condition that you have in the license and it's written in the paper. And of course, if you work in hospitals, you, you have all the right to leave. Sure, that makes sense. And so what, uh, what are your thoughts now about your, your business then? Do you have any belief about when you think tourists will be allowed back to Morocco? Honestly, we are dependents of other countries. Like, at now it's not so clear. Some countries, they told that the open in, the, in this month. Some other countries, they told, like, the open in August. Some other countries, they told, like, the open in, in uh, September. So it's dependent. So we don't have a clear idea. But no, just... I think there's going to be, for a long time yet restrictions on people traveling from both England and the United States because um, we haven't taken the same measures that other countries have. Um, I was very encouraged to see that Italy this week announced that they have largely clinically removed um, corona. So I could see countries like Morocco allowing in Italian residents, but how do you, you know, you can have a nationality of um, something, but you can travel in through Italy. So it's, it's still a, still a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the government tried to open the, 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 the flight, but very careful. It's not like in one times. I think they do that it's step by step. Yeah. But they trying firstly, like to be sure that we don't have like other, uh, coronavirus uh, or other men who can try it from outside. Because the, the first cases that we have in coronavirus in Morocco, there are Moroccan who lives in Italy and they come here. <laughs> this is the first cases that we have in Morocco. Right. It's fascinating how it's spread, isn't it? The, uh, the speed because of the way the world is, is connected yeah. today. Um, so one uh, one kind of last question for you, back to the business side of things. Uh, clearly, you make yourself stand out on Airbnb because of your reviews now and the length you've been there. When you think about other tour guides now using that as as a method, how what else do you do in order to make sure you give the right experience to get those reviews, or in order to make sure you stay competitive, so that when tourists come back, you can you can help them. So, so, so now I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking in, do, in, in two things. So, firstly, I am I'm, I'm making my my own uh, website for a tour guide also, and for I'm trying to uh, uh, make programs not just in Fez but around the Morocco tours and trips, one day, two days, to fifteen days around all the touristic places in Morocco. And second thing, now I'm 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 trying to to find something uh, else than the, the tour guides like uh, marketing or working with uh, Amazon FBA or merged by Amazon. So I'm trying to see in this side because like you you know this is like all the people buy and 
is something it's not uh, affected by by the coronavirus. So that's interesting. So uh, one thing I learned when we went around the market is you said there were quite a few individuals in Morocco now who are exporting goods directly through eBay, through Amazon, through through other platforms. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of things. So the first famous things that you can find if you check in, check in eBay or Amazon, it's the argan oils and generally argan cosmetic product. This is the famous one. And also the, some leather stuff and some copper stuff. So a lot of people do work in like, we have two, two parts. We have some people they like to work from here to Morocco to export to Amazon and eBay. And we have other people who work in, in dropshipping. So from China to uh, uh, states, Amazon or other countries in like where you can find Amazon, like Italy, French or UK or Japan. That's amazing to a, think um, of the oldest city in the world where now this opportunity is presented to you where you can be doing one of the most modern types of business, which is, is drop shipping and, and animal, anim, Amazon selling. That's fascinating. Look, uh, uh, like a lot of people, uh, they don't know about drop shipping. They don't know about Amazon. They know Amazon, but they know Amazon like, like a big platform um, who's selling things you can buy and to ship it very fastly is a good one. But a lot of people, they don't know about making business with this platform, making business with Amazon, with eBay, or, or now we speak about Facebook or Instagram also. So uh, like the young people, of course, we use a lot of technology and we search a lot so you can find these things. But for the old generation, they don't know these things. So the majority of people working in dropshipping or uh, marketing are people, young people, in, young in Morocco. <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. And so your thought now is whilst tourism is affected, um, that pr- potentially presents an opportunity for you to earn revenue again by taking some of those Moroccan products and, and selling them through Amazon and eBay. Yeah, of course. And don't forget one thing, because I have another experience like an IT. So like another tour guide, you don't have the same experience that I have. There are just tour guides. So they don't have this thinking to find another option to live. Right. And like with this experience of IT, I can search, I can find like another option because now uh, like if you don't have nothing, if you don't have any skills, you can enter in some website and you can find some small, small jobs. You can earn some $10, $15, $20 by day. And of course, when we speak about $20 by day here in Morocco, it's 200 dirhams. Like that's mean it's 6,000 6, dirhams here at the moment. Right. So I mean, if, if you're talking about people being able to survive on the um, CNSS payment of, of 80, then, then that's fantastic. That's good money. Yes, of course. Hmm, very interesting. To, to think about a country like Morocco, to have such a long history and to think about how it's evolved and how it's continuing to evolve to modern day is, is really quite a, um, uh, I think, a, an interesting insight. And it's a very special place to go to. And I was, I was very happy to see it. Uh, before we wrap up, um, I learned so much about Morocco from my trip there and, and the people. And I found a country that was 
kind and compassionate and historical and interesting and a country with an amazing education system, um, industrial system, and, and what struck me as being a very good government. What are the biggest misconceptions do you think that tourists have about Morocco and what is it usually that you have to, to tell them or explain to them that is so different from what they thought? So first thing, like, like you know, our, our strategic position, we are so close to Europe. So you can come in Morocco from any uh, European countries. And now with the Ryanair, it's very cheap. You can uh, book a flight with $10, sometimes $5 from Madrid, from Barcelona, from Paris, here to Paris. So it's crazy. So sometimes you can he- come here in Morocco, you spend four days, five days in life. It's very cheap also. And you can spend like $100, $120, like a lot of people did it. And uh, when you come here in Morocco, in Morocco, we, we have a very, very old story. We have like uh, a lot of places to see. So when you come here, you can find everything. If you like natural places, you find it. If you like hiking, you can go. If you like, like climbing mountains, you can go. If you like uh, a beach, you find like 3,500 kilometers of beach that we have in Morocco and the Mediterranean and the Atlantic. Uh, and uh, in Morocco, you find a lot of traditional uh, things, a lot of culture. So it's, it's not like other countries. Of course, there is a, a lot of countries like Morocco, but it's not like when you go in a city and you find just one thing, old buildings. No, here in Morocco, you can find everything. And the second thing, the weather in Morocco. So in Morocco, you find some places it's snowing, another desert, it's 42, 40 degrees. Uh, you like like uh, tropical thing, you go to Agadir, it's uh, 32, 33, so it's depends of it. You like, like all cities, you can go to Marrakesh, to Rabat, you can come here to Fez. So it's depends. There is a lot of things to see in Morocco. And of course, the love and the hotels are special. Right. One of my favorite things that happened to me in Morocco after I did the tour with you, instead of going back to Casablanca, um, remind me the name of the city northeast of Fez that is blue, the blue pearl. It's Shefshawan or Shefshawan. So I went there for a few days and on New Year's Day, I needed to go back to Casablanca to fly back to, uh, to London that time. And on the drive back over the Atlas Mountains, um, with uh, I'd hired a driver, the drive back from Shishuan over the Atlas Mountains to Casablanca, we broke down. And the uh, this poor driver, I felt so sorry for him. He was driving a brand new vehicle, but it overheated, and so it you know wasn't his fault. It wasn't a bad vehicle at all. And that morning, because I knew it was a five-hour drive, I'd bought some of those little round loaves. Uh, the bread loaves uh, straight from the straight from the oven from the baker in in Shishuan. so they were still warm and I had them wrapped up in my bag um, and where we broke down we broke down right outside a uh, olive press where they were pressing the olives to make uh, to make olive oil and we had about two hours there whilst we were broken down and my driver's name he introduced himself as as Mohammed and it was such a wonderful experience for me because we actually got to sit amongst the olive trees in the Atlas Mountains. And I got to break bread with Muhammad whilst putting fresh, fresh olive oil straight out of the press onto the bread. It was one of the most 
it was one of the most wonderful naturally occurring experiences i think i've ever had it was uh, it was great and this is this is another thing also in morocco that the generosity of the people like uh, in morocco you can go anywhere if you have if you don't have money if if you have anything the people they comes and they help you without asking just seeing that you need help they comes in the help and this is like uh, it's like an, an education firstly and also it's from our religion because we don't know you know life it's so short and maybe sometimes you will need help so in these times god send you someone to help you like you did with another person so this is the philosophy that it's 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 work and it's lovely it's, it's one of the kindest, safest feeling countries i've 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 ever been to you introduced me to a gentleman in the market who gives away tea uh every day to the uh, the tourists and i think you said he'd been doing that more than more than 10 years yes and stay doing that i i can't i can't think of another place i've been to where you would have an individual who has spent more than a decade every day for a period of time sitting on the on the sidewalk sitting on some steps in a city that is more than 1400 years old uh giving out tea in little cups to anybody who wants some entirely free and and with no expectation of of anything other than his own happiness and satisfaction it was remarkable yeah and you cannot find in uh, in maybe in some other countries but like for me it's the first time that i see that also here so oh, interesting. In, okay. in the most important thing, he, he's, he's doing that and he's always smiling. So like, like I told him always, you, you don't give tea to people, but you offer happiness. I agree. I agree. I have remembered him um, for, the last, uh, for the last six months. He was, he was such an interesting and, and kind fellow. He, he, had, he had a big impact on the people in your tour group that day. I think I think a lot yes, of people of are quite surprised that was happening. And of course, uh, a lot of us come from countries where our natural first reaction is is suspicion. Right? Yeah. I think until you've spent a few days in Morocco, you're like, well what, what does he want? Surely he wants something or surely there's a pickpocket or there's somebody who is after something and after a few days if you pay attention, you realize no, no, he he's just doing this because he likes to and he feels like he should and because he can. Yeah, this is, is normally you, you know when you live in some materialist countries that everything you want you should pay for it everything who do anything uh, he, he he wants something behind so uh, that will be a chalk a culture chalk for you of course but here in Morocco because we are Moroccan because we know uh, uh, our religion we know our tradition we know our generosity for for us it's very it's very normal. Yeah, it's, it's very common. common, and like like I told you before, if you don't have money, you uh, you are hungry. You can go to any shops, to any coffee, to any restaurant, to anyone. Please, I want that. I want which I want to eat, and he give you directly without asking. Oh, and of I course, wish we could have... this is in Europe or in another countries. Like it's like you told what he wants. Yeah, I, I wish we could adopt some of those ways of, of 
thinking. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for agreeing to You're uh, welcome. come on and talk to me. Um, for our listeners, again, you can go to meetfireside.com, click on the smalls tab, watch all these in video form, or you can download us wherever you like to get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in.